Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Friday, the 21st of January. A major backflip from the WA Premier overnight as Mark McGowan announced the state won't be reopening its borders as planned on the 5th of February. The Premier saying with the current COVID crisis on the East Coast, easing travel restrictions would be reckless and irresponsible. Our reporter Emma Griffiths has the details from Perth. That's right, Tash. This isn't what West Aussies were expecting the start of 2022 to look like as WA's border reopening is pushed back. It comes amid concerns over the Omicron variant as case numbers soar with no new date set just yet. Instead, there'll be more exemptions for travellers to enter WA, including enhanced compassionate grounds along with a list of stricter measures for arrivals. Mark McGowan says Omicron is a whole different ballgame. It would be irresponsible and reckless for the state government to ignore the facts and ignore the reality of the situation playing out on the East Coast. State and Territory leaders have failed to reach agreement with the Prime Minister at National Cabinet over a back-to-school plan. Just days before the start of Term 1, schools, parents and teachers still have no details on how classrooms will operate in a COVID-safe way. Prime Minister Scott Morrison has warned COVID cases will increase once schools reopen, but says it's now the responsibility of state and territory governments to work out how to keep schools open. They will be consistent with the principles of getting schools open and keeping schools open. And that is especially true from day one, term one, uh, for those children of essential workers. The federal government has announced it will cover half the cost of surveillance rapid antigen tests if the state or territory governments choose to use them for schools. Meantime, Australia has hit a new COVID milestone with 2 million COVID cases recorded since the start of the pandemic. There's been a major spike in new infections this month with the latest Omicron outbreak with 1 million new cases recorded over just 10 days. Currently, 1 in 10 residents in New South Wales and Victoria is infected with COVID. As businesses across Australia are crippled by ongoing staff shortages, the Prime Minister has rejected a push from the retail and hospitality sector to allow household contacts to return to work faster in line with other essential workers. The Australian Retailers Association currently estimates 70% of members have staff in isolation, with one in five businesses forced to close. At this stage, Scott Morrison says the government won't be changing its seven-day isolation period for COVID cases. Pharmacists are calling for patience and understanding amid ongoing rapid antigen test shortages. A lack of stock and unprecedented demand continues to place significant stress on workers. Pharmaceutical Society of Australia's Dr Faye Sim says phones are ringing off the hook. On average, four calls on rat inquiries alone every minute. So imagine that is just calls around rat. In addition to that, Pharmacists are receiving calls around vaccinations and vaccination bookings. Another weapon in Australia's arsenal against COVID with the Novavax vaccine receiving provisional approval from the Therapeutic Goods Administration. Here is John Skerritt from the TGA. As we do for every COVID vaccine, we have a large team of people focusing on potential adverse events and whether, for example, the prescribing advice needs to be changed. And we'll be working closely with, with those European countries 
that also uh, plan to roll out Novavax. And get ready to swelter this weekend with a heatwave set to sweep across the country. Millions of residents across WA, Victoria, South Australia and Tasmania will see temperatures soar some 10 degrees above average, while some areas of the east coast will see cooler temperatures over the next few days with storms and record rainfall on the way. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground to Victoria and many GPs say they are at breaking point as their surgeries are flooded with patients who are now being turned away from hospitals. It comes just days after the Victorian government declared a code brown emergency as the healthcare system struggles to cope with skyrocketing COVID cases. As James Lake reports from Melbourne, redirecting sick people is only a band-aid solution. Certainly appears that way, Tash. One example we have is from a small clinic at Laylaw in Melbourne's northern suburbs. It has eight doctors in house, and reception there is now fielding about 800 calls a day. It's happening at the same time as clinics are also carrying the burden of thousands of people racing in for their booster shots, all in a bid to avoid the rising wave of Omicron. On a brighter note for Victoria, though, the state government confirmed another massive order of rapid antigen tests yesterday, 166 million more for the stockpile, while work is also happening behind the scenes to get local manufacturing up and running as well. To New South Wales and a woman has been released from custody as investigations continue into the death of a baby. No charges have been laid as yet. Our reporter Zach De Silva has this report from Albury. Yeah, that's right, Tash. Police were called to a home in the town of Corowa, about 60 kilometres west of Albury on Wednesday night after concerns were raised for the welfare of the baby boy. Officers searched the house and made the grim find. A strike force has been set up to investigate and the three-month-old's body will undergo a post-mortem examination to determine the cause of death. A 40-year-old woman was arrested at the scene, taken to Albury Police Station and later released without being charged. Specialist forensic officers spent several hours at the property yesterday removing multiple items of evidence. Local detectives are working with the state homicide squad and will continue investigations today. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. Scott, good morning. We've seen some interesting data over the last couple of days from the major banks and now Westpac has released its information and forecast for the all-important future of interest rates. Tash, good morning. They certainly have, and it's a really interesting set of numbers they've put out only recently, basically expecting now two interest rate rises this year. So in the past, the RBA has said, of course, 2023, 2024. You know, other banks have said, well, I think it's going to happen sooner than that. But Westpac now saying they expect rates go up by 0.15% in August and another quarter of a percent in October. They also expect now the RBA to go to a total of 1.75% during this economic cycle, which basically is an increase, as we all know, of just over 1.5%. So the bad news for mortgage payers, good news for savers, is whatever you're getting now, imagine it might be 1% or 1.5% higher, and that's going to hopefully uh, not do too much damage to the economy. But a reminder to people that rates do go up, they might just go up this year. They're also expecting, by the way, the unemployment rate to be 4% this year and 3.8% soon after that. So that's good news for the economy as well. Yeah, and we've spoken about this impact before, Scott, but today there's been yet another Omicron retail hit. Businesses are doing it so tough, and this time it's major retailer David Jones. 
Yeah, that's right. DJ's no longer on the ASX, but still well and truly inside the Australian economy. And they put their numbers out saying they have had a sales decline of 9% in the first half of the financial year. So July 1 to December 31 last year. Now, that's not surprising. We've talked about others came out and Target and other businesses besides. But a reminder that this is really a retail hit that's hitting right across the economy. The bright spot for DJ's is their digital sales, their online sales, believe it or not, now more than a quarter of sales, 28.3% of all of the revenue booked by David Jones in the last six months came over the internet, which is something for any business. But when you think about the storied history of DJs, the way most of us shop department stores, it's a remarkable number. Yeah, huge shift in way people are shopping at the moment. And a win mm. for Australia's ride-sharing giant Uber has acquired Aussie startup company Car Next Door, Scott. This is pretty cool. So Car Next Door is not the traditional Uber-style business. Car Next Door, obviously, or maybe not obviously, uh, if you want to rent a car, you normally have to go to a Hertz or an Avis office or a budget. These days, you can go on to Car Next Door and grab your neighbour's car. Literally, there'll be cars around the street or the suburb near you where the owners have said, look, it's in the garage. I'm not using it. People can actually come and book that out, rent it out for a day and drive someone else's car which is not miles away from the Uber strategy of, you know, not using a taxi service, but obviously using private cars for transport. But Uber, of course, we know as a ride-sharing business where you've got someone to drive it for you. So interesting for Uber to be moving into this space in a bigger way, basically now trying to say, well, we're not just ride-sharing, we're now you're not your car, basically any other way you want to get. We can show for you, you can get someone else's car. And, of course, a really nice deal for Car Next Door. This is an Aussie startup, and it's always nice to see the big global giants recognising some of the great stuff we're doing here at home. Yeah, diversification is the way to go, Scott. Thank you. Certainly is. Thanks, Tash. Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas. Brett, good morning. He's certainly always entertaining and he didn't disappoint last night. Plenty of drama as Nick Kyrgios exited the Aussie Open overnight. He did. Lost to Daniil Medvedev in uh, four sets. A lot of entertainment. He won the third set. Uh, had some amazing shots. And there was a lot going on in the crowd as well. Not on John Kane Arena, his favourite to stay in to play in Nick Kyrgios at Rod Laver, but his fans certainly followed him there. Now, one of the talking points of the Aussie, of the Aussie Open has been this chant that sounds like a boo. Fans uh, chanting Sue, which has been borrowed from uh, European football when Ronaldo scores a goal, but very hard to distinguish between the two. And certainly Medvedev uh, wasn't happy after the match. He blasted fans for having a low IQ for certain sections uh, making noise in between serves and then asked them to show some respect when he was being interviewed with, by Jim Courier on Channel 9 after the match. Of course, who has won the Australian Open a couple of times before, wasn't happy with a lack of respect he felt that they were showing. Uh, Kyrgios was kind of similar. He, he tried to ride the crowd emotion, but then they upset him as well when he was trying to serve and at one point copped a time violation. So Kyrgios goes out. Alex Dimonor, though, flying the flag yesterday, storming through in straight sets. Sam Stoza, her final Australian Open campaign has come to an end, but we've got uh, a couple of wild cards getting through. Matty Inglis and uh, Chris O'Connell uh, winning yesterday, so their dream runs continue. Love watching the tennis at the moment. And also, Brett, the Aussie women's side kicked off the Ashes with a sensational win in Adelaide last night. Yeah, this is a multi-format series, so we've got three T20s first up, then a test, and then a bunch of one day. Talia McGrath was the star of the show with the ball and the bat, took three for 26 as England made 169. So Australia had to chase down an Australian record in T20 internationals, 170. Well, thanks to McGrath, her uh, unbeaten 91, 
and uh, a strong partnership with Meg Lanning. They got it done with three overs to spare. So big win for the Aussies over England in Adelaide last night. And Brett, an Aussie tester has been denied the chance to play in the BBL finals. Yeah, the BBL finals kicking off tonight. We've got the eliminator between the Hurricanes and the Strikers at the MCG. Steve Smith, now because the eliminated over series against New Zealand was cancelled, all of a sudden he's available to play in the BBL. Cricket Australia spoke to the state CEOs and they said, don't change the rules just for Steve Smith, which is unfortunate. Uh, the Strikers playing the Scorchers tomorrow night, that would have uh, added just a little bit more intrigue into that. But to be fair to the Scorchers, they've decided Steve Smith cannot play. Happy Friday. Thanks, Brett. Happy Friday. Thanks, Tash. And a teenage pilot has become the youngest ever female to fly solo around the world. 19-year-old Zara Rutherford landed in Belgium yesterday, five months after she took off. The trip spanning 51,000 kilometres and five continents and 60 stops. It's just really crazy. I haven't quite processed it, I think. I mean, coming here, I was basically in tears, just trying to imagine what it'd be like to, to finally be home after five months. And even this flight wasn't easy. So I'm just super happy. Congratulations. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and a lovely weekend. We'll see you bright and early Monday morning. Listener.